0: This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. number two of the program it is Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960 the fan Logan and Aaron along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta our outstanding producers Cam and Taylor in the other room our one in the books you can find it shortly wherever you get your favorite podcast Google Amazon Spotify or your favorite pod catcher coming up on hour two. You don't want to miss this list of UFA goaltenders still remaining. Boy, are there goalies on that list, Aaron. At least ten of them. We're going to rock your socks with some goaltenders that definitely maybe still might have a job in the NHL. That's coming up as we wrap up this week's uh, edition of uh, Best Remaining Free Agents. Don't miss uh, in hour three or chat with Adnan Verk, MLB Network, NHL Network, uh, and the Cinephile Podcast. But right now, very happy to kick off the hour, continuing our NHL off-season reviews. This time stopping in Buffalo. Checking in on the Sabres with our pal Heather Engel. She's the Buffalo Sabres correspondent for NHL.com. She's been on the program before. Heather, thanks for doing this today. How are you?
1: good thanks how are you thanks for having me
0: we're doing really well thanks for the time really appreciate it uh busy off season for the buffalo sabers draft is in the books free agency has started to uh to slow down i guess how would you characterize the last couple of weeks of uh work from the buffalo sabers
1: it's been i mean they addressed the you know the primary need with uh getting two defensemen which it was you know it uh something they've Talked about and targeted, and uh, they think they'll help because last year was a bit of an issue. They couldn't always play all three pairs. They had leaned a lot on their top three slash top four, and uh, a lot of people are waiting for a goalie. I don't know if we'll see a goalie come in, but uh, it's been you know it's been quiet the last couple of weeks.
0: I guess going back to uh, to the draft, uh, I've got uh, Aaron Vickers alongside me. He deals a lot with FC hockey and. One of the guys that we talked a, a lot about heading into the draft was Zach Benson, and uh, a guy that seemed like Buffalo was pretty excited to get him uh, where they did in the draft. I know they had a player development camp, and sure seemed like uh, early returns are favorable for the uh, Sabres on that draft pick.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, they got a lot of looks at him when they were, you know, when between scouting Matt Savoy uh, heading into last year's draft, and then this year just watching Savoy as they, you know, pro paid attention to his development so they've got a lot of looks at zach benson and uh yeah it's just you know at development camp he started off a little slow but he got better and better as the camp went on as he got more comfortable and yeah it's i'm looking it'll be interesting to see him preseason if they put him and savoy together as uh as you know for for a game
0: where do you sort of slide him in when it comes to uh, the top prospects that the sabers have been able to accumulate the last couple years heather
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, it's tough to say, you know what it, it's they've got a quite a bit, you know, they've got to avoid. They've got Yuri Kulik, who was just had a really good first year in the American hockey mm-hmm. league of an eighteen year old. And uh they've still got Isaac uh, Rosean, who was who really impressed also he played as a nineteen year old in uh in the AHL this year, just came over. It, you know what, I haven't I have to start thinking about who their top five <laughs> prospects are. But uh, for something I'm working on, but I, yeah, I'm. I am do not know. That's tough. Maybe he's in there. I, I, I would think he's probably in there. I just don't know where he would place right. Like off the top of my head, right now, I can't think of it.
2: Heather, I'm curious. What's the short-term plan for Zach Benson? Because he was one of the draft's most elite offensive talents, but he still one is 18, and two is five foot ten and 170 ish pounds. So there is some physical development to go with him as well, but. Certainly has the offensive acumen.
1: Yeah, I think they'll send him back to the uh, to the WHL. Whether he stays in in what well now Wenatchee and or if they you know find a place another place for him to you know have him work it so that he's traded to a better team, I don't know. I don't know how it. Uh, they haven't signed. He hasn't signed his entry level contract yet, which some of us sort of thought maybe he would, but maybe they're just waiting on that. I don't know what. To, but yeah, they uh, he'll end up in he'll be back in the WHL this season for sure.
2: Is there anybody on the cusp in terms of prospects we should be paying attention to that have a, a legit shot at contributing to the roster?
1: Uh, I think Yuri Kulik could, if he doesn't start on the you know they they'll have an opening because with Jack went out for at least until December January, it, uh, they'll have an opening, so they'll be Yuri Kulik being among those competing. Matt Savoy, uh, will be among those competing, but I don't know, they might send him back to junior or they might pull the Shane Roo, Wright right route with him just because he's he can't go to the AHL. He's one day uh his birthday's one day after the uh he'd be eligible. Um and then there's also Lukas Rusek who they had called up late at the end of the season, who really impressed. He's a little bit older. He's just he just uh turned twenty four this year, but uh it's only it was only his second year in North America, last year, he missed most of the year recovering from ACL surgery. And he's he's a different player from those guys, but uh, he also really impressed. So I'd say those three will probably be among, with the most likely chance, I would think, to crack the roster. But anything can happen in camp, so who knows?
2: I'm very curious. I managed to talk with Scott Wheeler of The Athletic yesterday on the show, and he had just unveiled his goalie rankings, Devin Levi coming in at number three. You mentioned this summer waiting for the Sabres to do something in net. Is Devin Levi that something, just kind of waiting in the background in case a free agent or a goalie or a trade doesn't happen in Buffalo?
1: I, th- I mean, the way Kevin Adams has spoken, it sounds like they you know, don't expect anything else to happen to their goalies. They're going to go with the three they have, which would ultimately become the two. I think, you know, if it sticks as it is, I, th- you know, I think they'll go, you know, Devin Levi and uh, Uko Pekarukinen, and then maybe they try to send Eric Comrie down to Rochester and go with the two young guys. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, the way Kevin Adams has spoken about Devin Levi since they acquired him, he's. He's a big fan of his and he impressed in his seven game, you know, the seven or eight eight games that he played or was it 10 games? I can't even, it's been so long. I don't (laughs) even remember. Um, But they're still, they still believe in Lukanen as well. It's, you know, Lukanen has the talent. Sometimes consistency is an issue with him, but, you know, with him having potentially having that competition with Devin Levi, that will, Lukanen tends to work well when there's competition, when he has competition, he ups his game. So that could work in their favor, but, uh, yeah, like the way he's talking, I don't know that there's, you know, I don't know. It doesn't, the way he's talking doesn't sound like they're actively seeking a goalie. But, you know, stranger things have happened and could get a breaking news one day. So who knows?
0: Uh, Heather, talk to me about those two new additions on the back end for Buffalo and Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson and what uh, Kevin Adams is hoping to provide to his blue line with those two guys.
1: I think, well, with Eric Johnson gives you know it stabilizes you know a guy with experience, a guy who's been a number one pick a number you know first overall there's a couple of guys that you know he can help there um just experience that, and a guy who has playoff experience and who's been through a rebuild and what it takes to get to that next step and that'll be a big thing for this group that has very little playoff experience I mean they have. With, now with Craig Anderson gone, they have uh, Alex Tuck, who, you know, it's been a little bit since uh, he's played in the playoffs. Kyle Pozo has playoff experience, but him it's been even longer. Uh, and then maybe, I'm trying to think who else, outside of the newcomers. Yeah, they're, they're very little NHL experience, and they need that if that's, you know, that's ultimately where they should, you know, their step this year should be to make the playoffs, especially after finishing a point behind Florida this year. And Connor Clifton, they clearly see him, you know, helping for the future. He'll be a good physical presence, which is, you know, which they don't have that much of on the blue line. And he's shown some, you know, offensive instincts. No one's expecting to be, you know, like a blossoming talent on uh, on offense. But he has a history through Don Granado, and he loved playing for Don Granado being the fact that you know going to Buffalo because of don gran Don Granado was a huge factor in his decision to sign here mm-hmm. and uh he'll so he'll add that physical presence, he'll help on the penalty kill it uh you know one of those two will get you know I think both of them will see time with probably with Owen Power, who went up there long term, I guess we'll see it would't be surprised things will I'm sure change around Don Granado doesn't really. You know he wants his players all be able to play with each other. Um, yeah, they'll they'll help on the penalty kill and they'll help just in their own zone, which has been an issue for this team. And if you help in your own zone, and then it helps the goalies and everything, you know things, and then they can transition quicker into offense.
0: Uh, I wanted to ask you about Tage Thompson. He obviously, burst onto the scene last year, forty-seven and forty-seven for ninety-four points. What's a a fair expectation for Tage heading into this season. Is it to improve upon what was the great season last year or sort of just maintain that pace and be that true number one center for Buffalo?
1: Probably a little bit of both. You know, you want, you obviously want to see him get better. I mean, he was on pace for like for over 60 goals early in the season. And then things started to slow down. He started to hit some injuries, which we didn't necessarily know about. um, So that sort of took it. And it's, him learning again more because now, I mean, teams were targeting him last year, but now they're going to be even placing even more emphasis on him. And, you know, it's, you know, managing those, how, you know, teams are targeting you even more and getting better. Yeah, take it to a next level because he probably could, it wouldn't surprise me if he passed 100 points.
2: Another guy I want to ask you about, and I want to get your feel for him having seen him up close and personal. J.J. Paterka, 32 points as a rookie last year, but had six goals, six assists for 12 points, helping Germany to silver at the Worlds, was named the tournament's best forward. Is he a sophomore slump candidate, or is he one of those guys you have a, as a breakout on your radar? Uh,
1: I'll be interesting to see. I don't think there'll be a sophomore slump because I think he he learned a lot you know his first NHL season and they will take it away I mean anything is possible but it's you know especially he might get a little bit more on his plate because Jack Quinn isn't there mm-hmm. so he might have that opportunity to you know what because Jack Quinn would have been the guy would have sent for sure primed for a breakout um but it's I think, based on the way he played at the World at the World Juniors, pardon me, at the the World Championship, that you know, it certainly you would think a a breakout. Not necessarily doesn't have to necessarily be a huge breakout, but certainly a step forward should be. uh, You would expect that coming.
2: You mentioned Jack Quinn, uh, ruptured Achilles, out six months. Is there any update on him whatsoever? I know it's kind of in the uh, early stages of of suffering that injury and and recovering from it.
1: Yeah, no, we spoke, we found out about it at the draft, and we asked Kevin Adams about it, and he said, yeah, it's, you know, right now it's, it like, the projection I think was four to six months, but we'll see, you know, they'll see how he progresses. But, yeah, no no update beyond what we got at the draft.
2: Who are some of the other Buffalo Sabres forwards that are poised to, to take another step? I look at Dylan Cousins, I look at Peyton Krebs, we mentioned Paterka, Jack Quinn's injury is going to... Hold them up a little bit, but who do you who are you most curious about to see who steps up and and takes a step in their development and performance next season?
1: Yeah, Dylan Cousins was before you even said any names. Dylan Cousins was the first on my mind. He had a really good year last year, hit over thirty goals, and I think he can go even higher. It's and one of the like he was asked to go to the World Championship, he declined so he could rest and prepare for this coming season. And him, I'll be really interested to see the step he takes because he's. The kid is a competitor and he's got the talent and Krebs also he he's gotten better and Casey Middlestad I'm also intrigued to see okay he really had a really strong late half part of the season and then when Tage Thompson was hurt near the end of the year and was playing on the wing on the second line because of all the injuries he had um to make it easier on him Casey Middlestad stepped up between Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck and was was great he just he he was like a dog on a bone. He was really, really had a really strong finish. And uh, so that him, I'll be interested to see how his season goes.
2: What's the expectation or how do you evaluate this group heading into the season? You mentioned they finished one point behind Florida for the final wild card spot in the East. You mentioned the talent, Thompson, Tuck, Cousins, Krebs, Paterka. The blue line, you've got Darlene in power. You've got maybe a little bit of an unknown to a certain degree in net. But this is a team that was on the cusp of a playoff appearance just a couple months ago.
1: Yeah, on the cusp playoff appearance in a season in which they lost eight in a row <laughs> in November, and uh, and like had another and had a another long, longer losing streak, not as long as eight, but I think it was like five or six maybe or something, or a, a really tough stretch where they didn't get many points, and they still somehow managed to get within a point. So that's, I mean, next year the expectation should be playoffs. I mean, there they will say their goal is Stanley Cup. Obviously, you know, don't think don't be content just with getting into the playoffs, but that ultimately with the steps that they took this year, the playoffs should be the goal, no you know, at minimum.
2: And and what needs to happen for that? You mentioned the Tage Thompson breakout and and steps from the young players. But to me, when I look at the roster, I go, this could go as Devin Levi goes, not to not to automatically give him the job over Lucanin but I'm just so curious about Devin Levi and how he can burst onto the scene is this a is this sort of a a goalie pass or fail situation in general
1: No I mean he's it uh it's, it, there's going to be some learning for Devin Levi too because you know he's still just fresh out of college and he's got to learn how to handle the rigors of an NHL schedule I mean he got a taste of it so that'll help but uh, that's where I mean assuming it's Levi and, and Lucanin, that's where having two young guys will help. They'll learn, you know, how to handle the same thing with Lukanen. He, last year was the most he'd played at the NHL level. So these guys, you figure potentially they split it or, you know, unless some other move gets made, but it's, they'll need solid goaltending. They'll need solid play in front of their goal. They need to help their goaltenders, which was an issue times. And if they can help their goaltenders, it'll make things a lot easier on that on the goalies and on themselves to you know get back up the ice and start doing what they do best.
0: Uh Heather, just two more quick ones for you. Uh I wanted to ask if uh Kevin Adams has addressed anything with uh pending RFAs for two young guys uh next year in Casey Middlestad and Rasmus Dalin. Has there been any conversation to uh the GM looking to perhaps sign those guys up long term in Buffalo?
1: Yeah, for uh for Dahlien, yeah, they've definitely started for Dalene and Power. They've uh They've spoken to their agents. They've had a lot of conversations. They're working towards that. It, uh, it'll take time. I mean, last year we they announced the uh, Tate Thompson extension at the end of August, and they announced um, Matthias Samuelson just before the season starts. So that could, you know, we could get news then, or it could happen during the season. But uh, they, they they're working for sure with Darlene um, and Power. So I would imagine eventually we'll hear some something on that. Uh, Middlestad, they hadn't. He hadn't reached out to. At the, when we spoke to Kevin Adams the day before the draft, he hadn't spoken to Middlestad's, uh camp or anything. Um, but they like him. They like him a lot. But I think the season also will depend. I think they'll see how the season goes. Maybe he gets the mid-season, in-season extension. But they'll see how it goes. Obviously, to know, you know, where the money, what kind of money they'll, he'll be looking for, and what kind of money they'll, they can or are willing to give him.
0: Uh and last but not least anything left on on Kevin Adams to-do list as the summer months uh roll on here in the next couple of weeks Buffalo with about just over 6 million in cap space uh according to cap friendly so they have some room to do something but is there anything pressing from Kevin Adams perspective uh, as we get closer to the fall
1: Uh I mean he might be looking for you know a forward that could you know up the competition level and you know nobody that'll take up he doesn't like Blocking the pro, you know, he doesn't want to block the prospect, but he also wants to make them earn it. So, you know, maybe maybe he looks for some forward help. He'd said they were, lo- you know, they would gotten close on a forward on uh, on the first day of free agency, but it just didn't pan out. But there, you know, there's someone like Thomas Tatar could be someone maybe that they looked at. I don't know if that's who they were talking to, um, but maybe they look to fill a forward. And then, you know, if you ask Sabre's Twitter also, it'll be when are we getting a goalie to help, you know, to help one of these guys, to help presumably Devin it but at least to help the young guys. So it, uh, but yeah, it's, we have, it's been quiet from, you know, from anybody's, you know, from Sabre's standpoint. We haven't heard anything, so we'll see, uh, We'll see what's what.
0: <laughs> uh, Heather, thank you for hopping on today. Really appreciate the time, as always. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Uh, can't wait to check in with you again once we get back to hockey season.
1: Thanks, you too. Thanks for having me.
0: Take care. Heather Engel joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar. Guest hotline, Buffalo Sabres correspondent for NHL.com. Mr. Vickers, where are you on the Buffalo Sabres as of today?
2: I am, I don't want to say all in because that's, I mean, you look at the competition. Particularly in the East in their division. So you're saying they were you're just, all in on the Buffalo Championship. Stanley Cup I'm, winning Buffalo I'm, I'm, Sabres? Okay, well, all in on a playoff <laughs> spot. Let's, oh, let's oh. temper expectations okay, here a little bit. But there okay, are two fair. teams in the East that I'm going to be watching closer than any other. And it's the Buffalo Sabres, who finished no, one point back of. The Philadelphia
0: Flyers. No. Oh, sorry. The Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I thought so.
2: And just the amount of sheer. U-27 talent that those two teams have that are ready to take a step and ready to take a step, so on and so forth. I'm just completely curious to see which one grabs it. I don't imagine both of them get in. So I'm really curious to see which one's able to take the the proper next step, be a playoff team. And then Florida Panthers showed, and it doesn't happen every season. And it's kind of a, a fallacy. Oh, you chip in a chair. All you need to do is get in and you can run to the Stanley Cup finals or you can win the cup. That's the expectation, or that's the exception, not the not the rule. But I'd be curious if a if a team that quote unquote gets in gets in and quote unquote doesn't know better, doesn't know that they're supposed to be a losing team. Just curious to see what they might be able to do in a playoff situation. As the
0: East stands today, would Buffalo be one of your eight playoff teams?
2: As the East stands today, well, I'm looking. I can imagine the Islanders falling out. I could. Other than the Islanders, who do you like falling out? You like Florida coming out? They finished eighth. The Islanders finished seventh.
0: I mean, I could see a world if no Bergeron and no Krejci that Boston's not.
2: But can they go from 135 points to straight out?
0: Straight out and fighting for a playoff spot, or and then you got to factor in the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, I mean the Penguins could miss. They could be- missed last year. I'd have to go
2: back and do a side-by-side, but off the top of my head, I almost feel like I like Detroit's chances better than I like Buffalo.
0: If they are in the West, I'd almost guarantee them to be a playoff, a playoff team.
2: Oh, yeah. I'd feel a lot more comfortable declaring the, East the, is tough. the Western Conference Buffalo Sabres as a playoff team. But that East, it's like a...
0: Because even, even though they were bad, I assume Montreal is going to take a step forward. I'm
2: not even worried about them yet if I'm Buffalo.
0: I, no, no, no. not not, not, to, not to take a Not to take a playoff spot from you. But to be better than they were last year, right, you would think Slavkowski, Suzuki, Caulfield, all those guys get better. I think right? Columbus gets better. Yeah, Fantilli's there. They, uh, certainly, I think Detroit gets better. Ottawa, I still think, I know they lost to Brinkett, but I, you can't I, tell me that Stutzla and Batherson, or not Batherson, um, Sanderson, Shabbat, like Kitchuck. those kind of guys aren't still...
2: And I actually, sneaky sneaky acquisition in that debrinkit deal is Kubalik, and I think he can get back to 30 goals.
0: Yeah, and I think he can help. Uh, do I think he gets the same total that debrinkit did? No, but I think he can replace the goal total that debrinkit had in Ottawa, yeah. which wasn't that much, right? And it's so funny because it's all their division, right? Pittsburgh, Washington are kind of bubble teams for me, but their whole division... It's like, okay, Boston just won the president's trophy. You know Toronto's a contender. You know Tampa's a contender. Florida just went to the Stanley Cup final. And all the other teams, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal. I'm like, I I feel pretty. like the trajectory is pointing upwards for all four of those teams.
2: Well, certainly the latter four are in various stages of rebuilding. And then you have the top four, which should be the top four. So it's gonna be it's gonna be curious to see which one is if any of those four, and I'm, I'll single out the two that I like the most in Buffalo and Detroit. The hill to climb.
0: Tage Thompson hit 94 points again this season? Uh,
2: no. Like that was out of left field and just straight over the wall home run kind of production from him. I don't, then again, I have no reason. He's kind of a unicorn too in this in the style that he plays. So I don't have a reason to suggest that he can't. I think it was just so surprising the way he went about doing it. That makes me kind of hesitate a little bit, but
0: I mean, if he hits 90 points to a hundred again, you're talking a legit superstar at $7.1 million locked up for longer than
2: for longer than cap friendly can display.
0: Yeah. That's that's a win. Scary. Right. When you're talking about, and that's, those are those calculated risks that you take, right? They did it with Dylan Cousins, who's, 22, but it's going to be at $7.1 million this season going forward, right? You take those calculated risks that you hope by next season you don't need, or the season after, you hope you don't need Victor Olafson because one of your wingers has.
2: Well, and at some point, too, you're going to be paying two defensemen $11 million in Owen yeah, Power and Dolene. Yeah. I might even be underselling Dalene a little bit. Their own Power doesn't necessarily have the full track record, just... By age alone,
0: well, I mean, you could do what you did with to, to kind of cost save yourself for a couple years. Is you do what you do with Darlene and him, right? Like, I, I we're don't still going got... to pay you six or seven million for three years, but oh, I think
2: he's I think he's past that now. He was a he was a Norris finalist, was he not? Quick Google would fix that.
0: Rasmus Darlene? yeah. I can't remember to tell you the truth. Either way,
2: he is, no, he was snubbed as a finalist. To me, he should have been a finalist. That's maybe where I had it in my mind. He is. He's going to be a top five defenseman for the next decade in the NHL starting next year. Hmm. I will buy you a beverage. If that doesn't hold true, you come find me no, in 10 years. No, I don't
0: disagree with it. I'm just saying it's just all of a sudden now, you know, that's a big, that's... You're done, You're jumping at least four or five million for Darlene, and you're jumping a full ten. I don't million. know if Owen Power
2: necessarily gets there yet, but you could follow that path with Power words. Here's two by seven,
0: and that's what I mean, yeah. right? Save you a couple years from paying them both close to that. Oh, okay. Later. Sorry,
2: I was in, I was under the impression you were saying bridge Darlene again for another two. No, years no, no, seven. no. Okay, no. That, Darlene's gonna
0: get paid, but what I was saying is if you don't have to pay Power that money right away, and you can still. You know, you buy yourself them, some time, buy yourself some time, and hope that that caps up enough in a couple of years that it opens it up for you, and you know maybe even it's just to the end of the Skinner contract. So you say, "Give me three years, right?" And that's nine million off of my books. Yeah, and there's your money for uh, a power extension.
2: Absolutely, I'm I'm as I said, all in on Buffalo. As as weird as that sounds, and for how long they've been kind of a a punchline or a punching bag for. Here's the example. Rebuilding doesn't always work. Buffalo Sabres for, what, 10, 12, 15 years? Long time. Well, they're on the cusp now. It's it's on them to to completely remove that tag or that label. But uh, I'm, I'm investing in the Buffalo Sabres right now.
0: Uh, thank you to Heather Angle for jumping on with us. Our angel off-season review will continue uh, into next week uh, with our pal Aaron Vickers along with us again next week. We'll uh, dive into some more teams. Uh, across the NHL without even really trying. We've dumped, jumped into a lot of uh, Atlantic division teams. Maybe we'll we'll dive into the Metro or go a little bit more into the West next week, but I uh, really appreciate Heather. Uh, jumping on, I'm with you, Vickers, one of the more intriguing teams to watch going forward, uh, the Buffalo Sabres. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Another week-long task that we've given ourselves, looking at the NHL's remaining free agents. We've done forwards. We've done defensemen. We've kind of put this one off until a Friday. Uh, It's goalies. Next, we'll uh, dive into the NHL's remaining free agent goaltenders. Are there stopgap solutions for any team in the NHL? We'll ask Aaron Vickers about that next. Sportsnet Today is rolling on on a Friday edition here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, so all week long here on Sportsnet Today, Aaron Vickers and myself have been diving deep into the NHL free agent pool, bringing you the best remaining names at each position. Forwards, we we did okay with. We found some interesting names, talked ourselves into a couple of options. Maybe if you were the Calgary Flames looking to find a bargain, it was a little bit harder of the deeps position, a little bit thinner list. And I fear, Aaron, Oh, as we get into the goaltenders, the last remaining position, we see even a thinner pool to get to. It's fortunate today. It's Logan Gordon Aaron Vickers along with you. Look, I...
2: The hesitation in your voice...
0: There's just, there's not a lot left here. There's. How
2: dare you? I, I'm. Speechless.
0: Yeah, that's a word for it. I mean, there's. Uh, there are definitely goalies on this list. Let me tell you.
2: They there, exist.
0: There are guys that at one point have tended goal in the NHL. There is no denying that whatsoever. Um, But as far as I don't know if you're the Buffalo Sabres, perhaps, who might be looking for goaltending help at this point, I don't know that this free agent group leaves much to be desired. There's a couple of interesting options, but let's start with it as far as we'll get to There won't be much of a Flames connection to this because... Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa. There's
0: three Calgary connections I'm staring at right now. Flames, though. Two. Flames connections, not Calgary connections. There's two on the list. Well, I mean, Uh, in relativity to... Realistic options? Well, I mean, we talked about, you know, okay, if you could squeeze a D in or you could squeeze a forward in, who would they be when we did those? But, I mean, we're already talking about a potential, at this point, three-man crease for the calgary flames it feels like th- that's kind of be we'd have to really squint to see that happen
2: i have a scenario okay where you can add one of these names and still have a three headed goalie monster in net. Okay. intrigued
0: logo or have you seen these names i unfortunately i've seen the names, so i'm not uh, as intrigued as i was but let's start with this okay no team bias no team in particular no association you had to sign a goaltender today out of the free agent pool to fill a spot on your NHL roster this year Aaron you have to you're, you're you're just something's happened a terrible injury you have no other options prospects who are you picking up if you absolutely had to who is the top guy remaining for free agent goaltenders right now in your mind am I trying to win the cup or am I trying to get first
2: overall? Well, let's say you're trying to win the cup. Playoffs is the expectation. Otherwise, I'm fired. Is that is yeah? That a good you're place trying
0: to, go? to win. You're trying to have the most successful season of all. Like you're trying to get the best result.
2: You're trying to get me fired.
0: Possible.
2: There's three names I'll debate in my head on this. If I was a rebuilding team trying to unearth a potential backup down the road. I'd be looking at Dylan Ferguson. He's 24 years old and had a 940. Look at this logo. He had a 940 save percentage last year. Mm. 940. Wow. Don't tell me that he only played in two
0: games. Okay, I'm going to tell you that.
2: Was not qualified. Mm. Is on the open market. That would be a name I would look at if my job wasn't on the line. I would see, is there something there that we can, not even a reclamation project, but just a, what do we have here? Now, if you're telling me I'm on an expiring contract as a manager, I'm either looking at Martin Jones, former Calgary hitman Martin Jones. There's there's one of the three connections. Or I am looking at 38-year-old Yaroslav Halak. And I say Halak because his numbers weren't bad in New York last year. I mean, it's New York. New York was a good team, but he still had a, a 903 save percentage. And if you had a starting goalie in Calgary that had a 903 save percentage, you might have been a playoff team, first and foremost. So I look at him as an option, and it has been confirmed by Agent Alan Walsh. He is 100, quote, committed, end quote, to playing the upcoming season. 10-9-5 with a 9.03 save percentage and a 2.72 goals against average. Coming off a one-year, $1.55 million deal. So you could have him for a million, and maybe he gives you a a little bit of a a stabilizing presence, whether it be in a backup situation. And I I don't necessarily think he's a, a 1B guy at this point but he's fifth on the NHL list among active goalies in wins. He's five shy of 300. He's behind Marc-Andre Fleury, Jonathan Quick, Sergey Bobrovsky, and Craig Anderson. So is he a name that you'll at least entertain in this exercise?
0: Yeah, I think I, to me it's it's Halak that it would probably, if I was forced into finding a spot. I mean, Martin Jones is an interesting one. Because he won a lot last year. He did, but, but the numbers still weren't Sterling, which is, uh, I you know, his, ex- I re- really interested to see what his expected goals against average wound up being because Martin Jones is, interesting. it wasn't all that long ago that Martin Jones was the number one guy in San Jose with 65 games played a couple of years in a row. And talking, you know, 2.27 goals against and a 9.18 save percentage. And then it just, it it fell off. It was a 2.94. He has it now, one year with the Flyers, in 35 games, he got his uh, save percentage up to 900. But since 2018-2019, he has not had a save percentage higher than that 900. We're talking 8.96, three straight seasons, and 8.87 Last season. So the last five times out, last five seasons, he hasn't been able to give me a save percentage higher than nine hundred.
2: Goal saved above expected, minus six point nine. Do you know who was worse?
0: Markstrom. No. No, I guess not Markstrom wouldn't fit that, but
2: well Dan Vladar minus eight point four.
0: Yeah, it was that was a surprising one too. But if Markstrom
2: I... Markstrom by comparison was minus three point one.
0: So here's here's where I would turn to Halak in this situation. The age is always going to be a worry, but here's where, to me, it makes more sense. If you look at their career stats, Halak's last season out, even though it was just 30 or 25 games with the New York Rangers, he was still closer to what his career tells you he is than what Martin Jones is, right? And that, to me, is the sign that, okay, I think I know what I'm getting With this guy. And look, I don't think at this point, I don't think there's a legitimate number one out there. I don't know if we're talking about a legitimate 1B out there.
2: No, I think it's pure backup role. I think you're
0: talking uh, a pure backup role. And if you had to start them for a considerable amount of time, you're probably not in great shape. That's just the the nature of, of what's left out there as far as NHL goaltenders go. There's... Uh, Martin Jones, Halak, Alex Stalock, Brian Elliott, Ooh. and Michael Hutchinson, who have, were all the lowest games played there goes to Hutchinson at 16. The highest is Jones at 48. The rest come in between 22 and 27 games played.
2: You also have Halak, while well, I'm on it, 1.1 goals save above expected. But I want to reference a name because there's number two, Calgary Connection, Brian Elliott. What would it take Logan Gordon to bring back Brian Elliott as a pure backup for the Calgary Flames.
0: For the Calgary Flames,
2: yeah, and I'll I'll get to it in a second. But let's just say there happened to be a vacancy.
0: Oh, I mean,
2: would four of those other guys on the list have to say no first? Retire?
0: Yeah, I'd I'd st- I'd even probably pivot to somebody younger. With less of a track record than, good. and that's and that's a guy that's liked Brian Elliott a lot. Liked his you know his one year in Calgary was uh, ended on a pretty sour note in the playoffs. But I uh, for overall, I think he's been a very solid goaltender throughout his NHL career. He's coming off an awful year on a good team, which is
2: not a great team,
0: incredibly concerning.
2: Eight ninety one save percentage as backup to Vasilevsky in Tampa. That's not that's not a uh, quality spot starting year your goalie tandem partner there. No. So somebody younger, Brian Elliott's 38, just as Halak is. How about 29-year-old John Gillies?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's an, a, a more intriguing name to me than, than Brian Elliott at this point.
2: Really? Okay.
0: Well, I mean, look, I mean, is John Gillies, uh, I mean, his numbers are still atrocious. I'm not... Well, clear, and he I'm only played clear. three games. So one yeah, bad yeah, outing no, One of them was with Columbus, but I mean, even his AHL numbers weren't. One of them was against Calgary. Weren't great either. Right. I mean, you're talking about 3.70 and 878 <clears throat> in 15 AHL starts last year.
2: Yeah, and I just wanted to bring him up because, you know, Calgary, because all he's, the, he's the my Calgary number three Calgary, Calgary connections. connection. Oh, well, maybe he didn't play against Calgary last year. I remember I talking to him did. specifically. Can't imagine the scenario where, the visitors' avails would have been in the small room off of the uh, off the media lounge.
0: Are you sure you're not?
2: God, has that has that been two seasons?
0: I was gonna say it must have been when he was with New Jersey, because that's when he did play. It was, the and Flames. it
2: was March sixteenth, twenty twenty-two. So I'm a year out. Time flies, man. He had, funny enough, he made nineteen to twenty stops in that game, in half, in played twenty nine minutes. It's
0: very uh, flamesy. I think we'd call that.
2: Ooh. Anyways, I wanted to bring him up because he's on the list, and he was my third of three well, I, local connections.
0: We appreciate that. In market, we like that. Uh,
2: Other than that, I don't have a name I'd mention.
0: I was going to say, like, if we're, if we're being honest right now, is there an NHL spot for any of these guys? If well, you were actually, to guess?
2: I mean, there's a fourth in Aaron Dell.
0: Yeah, but do you want to get into a, is air Drake Calgary debate?
2: The text line can at nine sixty nine sixty. I, I hear it's only a ten-minute commute to downtown.
0: Yeah, if you're driving like Cam does, sure.
2: Cam doesn't drive anywhere right now. We've established Whoa, that. Oh, that's just the punchline of the week, isn't it? That's brutal. They always I mean, say, you can
0: get anywhere fast if you drive one hundred and sixty.
2: Yeah, well, they say never punch down, but it's so much it's fun. easier.
0: It's so much easier.
2: So I'm going to double back now. Because i like, oh, what if you could have a three? What if the situation is this in Calgary's crease? An offer comes your way for Dan Vladar that you're happy with. You like the return. It frees up a bit of an opportunity for Dustin Wolf. But you still want Dustin Wolf playing 50 to 60 games. Could you move Vladar out? Sign a Yaroslav Halak to be your number three goalie, but in essence stays on the NHL roster the entire time. And then you can continue with your spot start idea, bringing up Dustin Wolf when, when convenient, when it makes sense. And in that scenario, you get Jacob Markstrom, I don't know, 50 to 55 starts. You get Dustin Wolf, 20 to 25 starts in the NHL. And then Yaroslav Halak, you, you, he collects his paycheck he comes in in relief when you need him when it's an off night for your number 1 and then you just give him a a little bit of a second of back-to-backs on the road when Dustin Wolf isn't on the trip or if you free up the Vladar spot just bring in yeah, Wolf and don't mess around
0: I think I'd rather I'd rather it be cut and dry for my goaltending scenario I don't like the three-man crease I know Pat's talked at times about how you can make that work in his mind. I, I think it's really got to be, you know, if Dustin's here, I think he's got to be the backup. And I think we're in a, a world now. Funny enough, we've had the Kippersoft talk this week with his number being retired. Yeah. Um. You know, the days of a backup playing Eight. ten or less games a, a season is gone. And I think knowing that. You know, Jacob Markstrom is coming off of a down year. I think rest is going to be important to him. And look, if Dustin Wolf is what we think he is, and a guy that's succeeded at every level of his career so far, if he comes in here as the backup, I think 25 to 30 games off of a a first NHL season is adequate to me because he's going to be practicing with the team on a regular basis. He's going to be with Jason LaBarbera and Jordan Sigalette on a more regular basis than he'd be with the Wranglers. I don't think he needs to play 50 or 60 games because I, I do think at that first pro level, or the first NHL level, I shouldn't say pro because he's been a pro for the last couple of years, but that first year to the NHL, I, I don't need him to play you know, 40 to 50 games, even if it means going back and forth to Stockton. I think if you can commit him to the full backup role and a full backup role that should be 20 to 30 games in the NHL. I think that's enough to continue his development, knowing that he's going to be with the team full-time, knowing that he's going to, you know, be facing NHL shooters at practice every single day and get that sort of thing. So, I would rather it be clear-cut because I just I don't think you want your goaltenders guessing all the time as to how the weekend's going to play out, you know, oh, we got three and four games. Okay, so we're going to get Marky, these two, and then, you know, Dan, we're going to go with you here, and then maybe we'll put, you know, Dust. I just don't, to me, that just complicates it too much. There's too much going on in the goalie's head, I think, at the best of times, that I think you want to eliminate as much of that as possible. So, for me, if it's, if if there's no deal for, for Dan Vladar to be had at the beginning of the season, then Dustin Wolf. Not needing waivers needs to to start in with the Wranglers, be the true number one there, continue what's been an MVP caliber career at the AHL level. And when his time comes at the NHL level, whether it's a Dan Vidar trade or an injury, you can start it there. I just, I don't love the three man crease idea as much.
2: See, for me, I get both sides of this argument where... If there's a backup spot to be had for Dustin Wolf, there is a great benefit in not yo-yoing him. There's a great benefit of even if it's 20 games, you're still practicing a full calendar year with your NHL goalie coaches, with your NHL caliber shooters firing pucks at him over the course of every single practice. At the same time, I want my 22-year-old blue chip goalie to play 30 games, or sorry, not 30 games, 50 games when he's still just 22 and he's only got two years of pro and he's entering his third pro season. I still want that games played because to me, that's just as valuable a teaching tool and an evaluating tool as it is getting those practice reps and maybe only getting 20 or 25 games. So I'm on the fence. So that's why I wanted to toss out the scenario of, well, what if you brought in a goalie you didn't really owe anything to other than a paycheck and said, "Hey, you're going to be our number 3, but you're going to collect number 2 money and be on the number 2 on be on the number 1 roster the entire time." That's why I kind of tossed the situation out there because if you can find the right veteran, I think it could work. I'm not necessarily saying it's the path, but I was very curious to to hear your feedback on that potential plan.
0: Uh, we'll see. Still one of those question marks remaining for the Calgary Flames. We will uh, continue to monitor the UFA situation, the RFA situation, as uh, the summer rolls on here. We'll see if anything comes up over the weekend. We'll chat about it on Monday. And uh, we do know that as of today, not, I haven't seen a lot of positives about it, but the Leafs and Samson did it. go to arbitration today. Um, as former Leaf uh, Jeff O'Neill pointed out on Twitter, um, his one remaining memory of going to arbitration, I can't remember who he went to ARB with, but he uh, tweeted out, you know, the one thing that comes to mind when I remember my arbitration hearing was the first thing I thought leaving that room is I never want to play for that team ever again. And uh, it, like we've talked about, these things usually don't go well when it comes to arbitration. It's not a fun process. and um, it's, it your just, boss, it's
2: your boss sitting there saying, this is why my guy doesn't deserve any money.
0: Interesting that Brad Treliving would go down that road too. So, is it easier? Is it,
2: is it easier from his perspective because he doesn't have the track record and maybe it's a little bit less personal where he can just go, These are the numbers. This, These are the facts that I'm presenting. There's no, I don't want to say I character assassination, but there's no, if you don't have a relationship with a guy, it might be easier to sit across the table from him and, and say, This is why I think he deserves this. I don't know. What but it might the, make it harder for that goalie to well, want to play say for that team. He would sit
0: there and say, Well, you don't. You don't know. You weren't here. Right? You yeah. weren't part of the decision making process. So how do you know? You're just you're calling me down when you were in Calgary all year. How do you know anything about what my season was like? Right? Now you want me to walk in and be your number one all year? Screw you guys. It's never fun. No, it's not it's never good that it gets to this point, that's for sure. I would have thought they'd they'd found a middle ground. They usually do after both sides present a number ahead of the case. That's not true with the Leafs, so we'll see what uh what eventually gets decided by the neutral arbitrator in that. Uh, that case has gone to arbitration. We'll continue to monitor some other big cases as they uh, pop up over the next few weeks. we got to take a break, though. We'll come back on the other side. We'll jump into hour three. We're getting things going right off the bat with our pal Adnan Verk. You know we're going to chat some movies. Uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer opening things up at the box office, so you know Verk's going to be fired up. But the MLB trade deadline's right around the corner too, Aaron. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays making a minor move today with the St. Louis Cardinals. Could Shohei Ohtani actually be traded? Is that a legitimate thing that could happen for the Los Angeles Angels? We'll get Verk's thoughts on all of that. He kicks off Hour 3 of the program. Aaron Vickers, Logan Gordon along with you here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.